Welcome to the Nourish Babes podcast. We're your hosts, Bella and Madison, your go-to besties for all things women's wellness. We're here to help you balance your hormones, heal your gut, learn how to eat, exercise, sleep, manage your stress, break free of diet culture, and get confident as fuck about your own health and healing. Let's dive into today's episode. Before we dive into the episode, are you subscribed yet? Nourish Babes podcast monthly paid subscribers receive access to two to three additional podcast episodes per month, which are longer, more in-depth, and more specific than our free episodes, exclusive discounts and offerings, and also the potential to be featured on one of our case study episodes, where you send in your health concerns and we spend a whole episode sharing our personalized diet, lifestyle, and supplement advice for you. So are you ready to subscribe? If you're listening on Spotify, click the link in the show notes or click the lock icon on Spotify paid episodes. If you're on Apple, click the link in the show notes. On Apple, these episodes are actually hidden from your feed. Once you're subscribed, you will gain immediate access to past and future subscriber episodes. So we hope to see you there. Hello there, everyone, and welcome back to another Nourish Babes podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about all about having fabulous hair. So if you struggle with hair loss, dry or brittle hair, overly greasy hair, dry scalp or dandruff, then this episode is definitely for you. We're mostly going to cover and focus on hair loss, but overall, we'll cover common hair symptoms, traditional ways of treating hair loss, why these traditional ways often don't work, the root cause of hair loss, plus nutritional and external ways to support optimal hair growth. So without further ado, let's get into it. So what are some of the most common hair symptoms? Well, obviously hair loss, which we'll be focused on most, but also having dry, brittle hair, especially at the ends or split ends, having overly greasy hair. I know I have personally struggled with this in the past, having dry scalp and dandruff. And before we get any further, I think it's important to mention the difference between dry scalp and dandruff because most of us actually have dry scalp where we think we have dandruff. But dandruff is actually caused by like an overgrowth of candida, bacterial, and like yeast overgrowth. It's um, more like yellow in color, whereas I bet if you have you think you have dandruff but you really have dry scalp it's more white and flaky and it can still be itchy like they're both itchy but white definitely means white flakes usually means dry scalp whereas dandruff is more yellow and like an overgrowth so if you're struggling with any of those this episode will be great for you before we get into our best ways of treating all of these things, let's talk about the traditional ways of treating hair loss specifically, and then also why they don't work. So some traditional things that people do for hair loss are topical treatments like special shampoos, conditioners, medications, Rogaine, especially um, for male pattern hair loss, but even some women take Rogaine as well. Uh, biotin is another huge popular one those hair skin and nail supplements like those hair gummies that I feel like are all over the place that don't actually work 
even hair transplants when it gets so bad, and then DHT blockers, which again are mostly used for male pattern baldness, but some women take them as well. So Maddie, what are the problems with all of these things? Yeah, as you probably can guess, none of them get at the root of why your hair is brittle and dry and you're losing hair in the first place. So the problem with Rogaine and some other topical treatments or things like medications, um, I know my mom uses like this special shampoo that's supposed to help with Mm -hmm. hair loss. A big one is itching. That's very common or like scalp irritation. Uh, Skin rash can occur, burning of scalp. Facial hair hair growth is another side effect. Increased hair loss is another side effect of those things. Swelling of face, chest pain, dizziness, flushing, headache, rapid weight gain. There were so many more symptoms that I found online (laughs) of just random things that can come about from these medication treatments. Obviously, that's not really fun. Sure, maybe you'll your hair will get a little bit thicker or you won't lose as much hair, but then there's always some type of side effect. So that's a big downfall. Another one, well, so biotin, right? Everyone loves to take biotin. They're like, okay, hair loss, I need to take biotin. Honestly, massive doses of biotin, I've tried it before, does not help whatsoever. It can actually lead to skin rashes or acne in some cases. And again, not getting at the root of why you might have hair loss and Mm -hmm. dry, brittle hair in the first place. And then hair, skin, nail supplements. There are so many. I get tons of targeted ads on like hair, skin, nail supplements. First and foremost, they are most, most of the vitamins and minerals in these supplements are synthetic forms, meaning they are not naturally derived. They are derived from, from certain things and they're not giving your body the complexity of all the nutrients that you need to actually utilize, absorb, and assimilate those vitamins and minerals. Um, I was looking at this one called Nutrafol. If you take this, great. I'm not trying to like bag on this company, but it's, I was just looking at the different ingredients. So it's vitamin A, vitamin C, vitamin D, vitamin E, biotin, iodine, zinc, and selenium. And my first reaction is like, first off, all of these you can get from food, right? You can eat liver and get vitamin A. You can eat fruit and get vitamin C. You can spend more time in the sun and eat seafood and eggs for vitamin D. You can have beef tallow and get some vitamin E. Zinc, you can eat oysters and beef liver and red meat. Like you can get all these in better forms that your Mm -hmm. body can recognize and digest and assimilate in from your food. So that's one thing is that these are synthetically made and they can also disrupt the normal vitamin and mineral balance in your body, right? We've talked about this before. If you're deficient in something, you can't just like supplement with it. There's so many other Mm -hmm. factors that are playing a role. So... And this supplement is, I think it's $88 for one bottle. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's four capsules. That's a serving size. It's, there's 30 servings in the container and it's $88. So of course there's other stuff. There's collagen in here. There's some turmeric in here. There's also some herbs in here. But again, a lot of these you can get from food Mm -hmm. and they're not, it's not really addressing the underlying cause of maybe why you're having hair loss in the first place. Yes. I also looked at another more affordable hair, skin, nail supplement. It's literally vitamin C, vitamin E, and biotin. Oh my goodness. And it's like, and then you're getting sugar and corn syrup and citric Ew. acid and maltodextrin and vegetable oil in this supplement. So again, you can get so many of these things from food 
and they're just expensive and like i said they can all be replaced with really nutrient-dense foods and other lifestyle habits and then of course with things more invasive things like hair transplants expensive invasive i'm not quite sure how those work or any side effects or things are around that but again pretty invasive also pretty expensive so let's get into some major reasons for hair loss So one of the biggest ones is high stress. So when we say stress, this could be actual mental, emotional stress. It could be viral or bacterial infections. It could be under eating. It could be major illnesses. It could be mental, emotional stress like most people think of, but it can be any type of stress your body is under. I know for me, I had a super stressful month last October. It was like there was so much going on in the whole month of October, one thing after the other. I was kind of rolling with the punches. And then after the stress kind of resolved, I started noticing my hair was falling out more. And we were actually together recording more mm-hmm. podcasts. And I was like, my hair is falling out. What is going on? I haven't really changed anything. And I was like, oh, actually, yeah, the last month of my life was extremely stressful. So, that's a big reason for hair loss. And I know you have also a hair yeah, loss. That's kind of when you mentioned some. Um, last year when I was writing my course and like trying to, I needed to launch it because I had like three vacations coming up and I was like, I need to get this done before then. And if it was like, if I didn't have so many vacations coming up, I wouldn't have put so much pressure on myself. But I always take the weekends off and I worked for 22 days straight and it was just like, and it was like from sun up to sundown. And I usually, I don't live my life that way, but I just had to in that moment. Sometimes you just got to make sacrifices for yourself. And oh my God, after that, again, it was like during that time, I wasn't really losing my hair, but like once I finally came back to reality and calmed down, I was losing so much hair and I couldn't believe it. But it also totally makes sense because I went through such a stressful month or two so super interesting how your lifestyle can absolutely influence your hair yes and then it's also kind of delayed sometimes yes yeah it's kind of like when you're super super stressed and then the stress is over and then you get really sick yeah it's like your body's just kind of moving through things and for me it eventually stopped right it didn't continue to be that bad that's also very true for a lot of people with postpartum hair loss is that they don't like have the baby and then their hair starts falling out immediately. It's usually like three to four months after they've had the baby. Then that's when their hair starts falling out. Yes. So it's, if you don't know that though, it's kind of stressful. Yes. You're like, like, what what the heck is going on? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's one of the biggest ones is high stress. Again, stress can be in so many different forms. So that is one of the biggest reasons for hair loss. Another one is low nutrients or just low calories. Another one, postpartum hair loss, thyroid dysfunction, low stomach acid and poor digestion, or even poor blood flow to the scalp. And again, most of these, it could be just one thing. I find for most people, it is a combination of a couple of these things that can contribute to overall hair loss. So we are going to get into some of the best ways to support yourself when struggling with hair loss or dry, brittle hair. I love it. I'm so excited. This is a fun episode. So let's first cover some nutritional ways to support long, thick, luscious, delicious hair. So the first one is just eating enough and eating enough calories and getting enough nutrients, especially protein and saturated fats. 
throughout your days, your weeks, your months, and whatnot. So if you think about hair, like you don't need hair to survive. You can be totally functional and not have any hair on your head. Like, yes, it does keep you warm and that's the function of it. But like, again, you need your heart to be alive. You need your lungs to function. You need your brain to function. And so if you are not eating enough and not eating enough calories, especially protein, which is like the structure of your body, your body's going to focus more on building your bones and your joints and focusing on digestion, brain health, heart function, enzymes, hormones, all of these like truly absolutely essential foundations of living over growing your hair. So again, it's going to use these precious resources first for that and then whatever's left over and then it'll help to build hair and whatnot. So again, focusing on just foundational foods like nutrient-dense protein, saturated fats, even easy-to-digest carbs and minerals. Your body needs the basic basic building blocks to just simply function, and then the rest will go to hair. So if you're not eating enough, obviously your hair is going to be struggling and falling out. Also, with saturated fats, this can definitely help with moisture when your um, scalp is too dry or the ends are like splitting or dry and brittle. So focus on those good quality saturated fats from animal products like tallow, butter, lard, and then also any type of animal meats that are like in actual muscle meats. And then also coconut oil is another great one. But even so, the monounsaturated fats like avocado oil and olive oil, when not cooked, those can also be super supportive. The next thing we want to talk about is supporting your adrenal glands and your thyroid function. So again, if you've listened to any of our previous episodes, you know that when your adrenal glands are super stressed or your stress hormones are high, that is going to deplete your thyroid function and one of the major signs of low thyroid function is hair loss. So again, how can we support our adrenals and our thyroid function? Well, for adrenals specifically, definitely salt, potassium, and magnesium. When we're under stress, we burn through those minerals so fast. So by replenishing them constantly daily can be super supportive. Again, eating easy to digest simple carbohydrates like fruits, roots, even some starchy, easy to digest starchy carbohydrates like potatoes, rice, sourdough bread, if you can tolerate it, those can be super helpful. Um, again, animal proteins, just lowering stress in your life in general. I know we sound like a broken record, but if the stress in your life is super high, like we mentioned, we had those super high stress events in our life, our hair started totally falling out. Um, even some adaptogen herbs can be helpful like ashwagandha, holy basil, reishi, reishi, I don't know how people say it. Um, but again, you can't just like take these adaptogens and think that your hair is going to fall, like come back without actually addressing, lowering the stress in your life. That should be the foundation. And then these adaptogens can be beneficial add-ons. Um, For the thyroid, iodine can be super helpful too. I know my mom has some trouble with um, iodine and low iodine. And so sometimes her her hair was falling out really bad and she started taking some iodine and that totally stopped her hair from falling out. But I also know that iodine could be tricky and some people have too much iodine. So definitely just be cautious and 
be more aware if you're taking some kind of iodine supplement. I prefer to just eat iodine-rich foods, like seafoods. Um, what's the seaweed? Those like, what are they called? The little seaweed snacks. Yes, I love those. And just seafood. Dairy has iodine. Da- dairy, yes, definitely. So just getting foods rich in iodine can be super helpful. And the last one is moving through your emotions. This can feel like, how the hell is this going to help with my hair loss? But I think so many of us hold on to our emotions and we don't even realize it. Uh, I think we've talked about this in a past episode. But if you're feeling like sad or depressed or anxious, like really sit with that emotion, like usually identify where it happens. I remember you saying that you feel it in your gut, whereas I feel it in like my heart and my soul and you just feel it like instead of trying to push it away or you know push it down actually feel that emotion cry dance move it through your body to actually complete that emotion and move it through you and that will do wonders for especially your stress hormones so those are some ways to support your stress adrenal and thyroid yeah and just a couple additional add-ons with the whole protein i know we've talked about this before about maybe this is the first episode you're listening to with protein. If you look up how much protein you should eat online, it'll tell you like, I don't know, depending on your weight. 60 grams. 50, 60 grams. Yeah. I consume about 160 grams per day. I feel amazing on that. When I do less than that, I definitely feel it. Protein helps you feel full and satiated. Mm -hmm. I use all different types of animal proteins and do a variety. I also tracked for a little bit. That was helpful because I had no idea how much protein I was eating at first so with protein it is important to we always recommend starting at 100 grams again that's kind of a bare minimum if you're pregnant if you're breastfeeding if you're an athlete if you're extra stressed you're going to need more protein and yes you need to find where feels really good for you so i noticed that when i have about 35 grams 40 grams of protein Mm -hmm. per meal i feel really full and satiated for four to five ish hours and then i'm like yeah i'm hungry i could definitely eat i don't get ravenous hungry Mm -hmm. every couple of hours so figure out how much protein you're eating currently slowly work your way into more protein and again if you think about it your hair is made from protein Mm -hmm. and minerals so -hmm. you need to eat enough protein (laughs) to give your body the building blocks to make hair And then the whole thyroid one too, I think is so important because it is literally, that is a sign of low thyroid function. Absolutely. Like hair loss and cold hands and feet. Yep. I feel like. Major sign. Yeah. Because again, you don't really need warmth in your extremities. You need the warmth In in your core and like you don't need hair. So if your thyroid is trying to determine how much energy you make in a day, of course those things are going to fall to the wayside because it's just trying to survive, not thrive. Yes. So, some other ways to support long, luscious, thick, beautiful hair. Uh, Consuming collagen and vitamin C. So, collagen, I saw a comment online the other day that was saying collagen. Your body doesn't digest collagen and it doesn't go into your bloodstream and it feeds pathogens and bacteria. And that is absolutely not true. Mm -hmm. Collagen, we've been consuming collagen for thousands of years, right? When you think about, like, ancient cultures, they made you know, they would kill an animal and eat all the different parts and then they would use the bones and make broth. Like that's how you traditionally got collagen is Mm -hmm. from bone broth. So nowadays, of course, you can take a collagen supplement. It's essentially made from bones, tissues, joints from some kind of animal. 
So again, collagen is essentially straight protein. It is providing your body with the building blocks that it needs to make hair. That isn't necessarily to say if you take collagen, your hair is mm-hmm. gonna be really strong and long. It's just to say your body, you're giving your body the things, the amino acids that it needs to build hair. Um, but collagen is useful in building hair and skin and joints and tissues and your gut lining. So your body's going to use it where it needs, but collagen can be really helpful. I feel like my hair, my hair is pretty long, but I feel like it got to a point where it was just kind of stuck and it wouldn't grow further. I feel like collagen has absolutely collagen and carbs for me have, I feel like helped my hair grow longer than I, yeah. Protein and carbs. It always comes down to that. Yeah. Yep, exactly. So collagen can be really helpful. We both use the Perfect Supplements mm-hmm. brand. It's great. One tub is like 30-ish dollars. It has 60 servings. I love it. I've used it for years. Um, it's really easy because collagen, of course, you can get collagen from bone broth. So if you mm-hmm. drink bone broth, awesome. Collagen is nice because you can easily add it to fluids. It's tasteless. It's odorless. The only time I've ever tasted collagen is when I've used marine collagen or like fish collagen. And it has a fishy, gross taste. So I prefer the Perfect Supplements beef collagen. And again, it's super easy to add to fluids. We just had it this morning with coffee. And it just dissolves in fluids. And it just adds, you know, a scoop adds like 10 grams of protein. So that can be a really easy way to... Um, add in collagen and then of course vitamin c so vitamin c does affect how well your body creates its own collagen i've heard of vitamin c being really helpful for even like um your gums right like your your gums are made of of collagen and vitamin c can be helpful for like again the whole building right your body's building essentially your hair so vitamin C, obviously you can get it from foods, things like fruits um, and some veggies, things like red peppers, mm-hmm. but you can also supplement with it too. So we prefer supplements that are whole food vitamin C supplements. So if you look at most vitamin C on the market, it is made from actually genetically modified corn. Ew. Gross. Uh, the thing about a lot of vitamin C powders is that there's a large amount, right? You can get a collagen or a vitamin mm. C supplement that's like a thousand milligrams. Yeah. The qual the yeah the quality is so much better than the quantity. So mm-hmm. if you look at like a whole food vitamin C supplement, you can get like a acerola cherry powder or a camu camu powder, or mm-hmm. sometimes there's blends that have like some citrus in there. Mm-hmm. The dosage is going to be way lower. You know, it's really hard to get like a very high dose of vitamin C in a whole food form, but think about the bioavailability of it, meaning like the ability of your body to digest, absorb, assimilate, and use the vitamin C. So always opt for whole food vitamin C first, either from fruits or veggies, um, and then consider adding a whole food vitamin C supplement. You can mix it in things like juice or smoothies or um you can make gummies with gelatin that's also similar to collagen and again remember the important thing here is the bioavailability not the quantity so you can take like thousands of milligrams of vitamin c powder in a poor form and you're not going to digest and absorb all of that another one is mineral rich foods so things that have a lot of minerals so coconut water salt red meat organ meats fruits potatoes those are especially mineral rich 
And you can also do some more mineral rich herbs in like a tea form or even like an overnight infusion. So things like horsetail and oat straw and nettle. These are some of our favorite really mineral rich herbs. So again, you could do just a short brew of these and still get a lot of minerals, but you can also do like an overnight infusion where you essentially let it kind of sit in those Mm -hmm. herbs and it will pull out a lot of those minerals and kind of strain the strain the herbs add some honey and a little bit of sea salt and have it iced or heat it up again that's a really fun way to get more more minerals in and then like we've said protein always really focusing on animal-based protein sources which are best so we have a whole podcast all about protein go listen to that because we'll talk about animal and plant-based protein sources and the difference and why we prefer animal-based protein sources, meaning meat, seafood, and dairy, as opposed to things like nuts and seeds and beans for your protein. And again, that idea that your hair is is essentially protein. So you need to provide your body with the building blocks to make hair. And then another big one is is focusing on strong stomach acid. So it goes hand in hand with the protein piece because you need good, strong stomach acid to digest and absorb and assimilate your protein. So uh, supporting strong stomach acid includes doing things that are, or eating foods that are really high in zinc, so oysters and red meat. Eating enough protein, there's this vicious cycle, like when you eat less protein, your body Mm -hmm. creates less stomach acid and then you're less able to tolerate protein sources. So You want to slowly increase your protein because that will signal to your body that you need to create more stomach acid and then you can tolerate more protein and eat more protein sources and digest them better and in turn create more stomach acid. And then salt with meals. Again, salt is sodium chloride and your stomach acid is made with sodium or is hydrochloric acid and the chloride and salt will help your body build and make hydrochloric acid. And then, of course, stress management with your meals. That is seriously the biggest thing to help low stomach acid. Like, you can do all these other things. You got to chill and relax and be calm around your meals because that will help blood flow go to your internal organs and help your body produce all of the digestive juices that it needs. And then doing things like warm beverages with your meals. So a small cup of bone broth, some warm tea. Ginger tea is my favorite to do with meals. That will really help create more stomach acid so that you can actually digest the protein and utilize it for building strong hair. I love it. So helpful. So simple too. It's like nutrients, protein, salt, minerals, like what else do you need in life? Yes, absolutely. Um, I also wanted to briefly talk about postpartum hair loss because that is a huge, like some women never have hair loss, but they definitely struggle with it postpartum and this we would say is somewhat normal like just think you went through from being pregnant to giving birth to not being pregnant within like an hour and that whole process of the whole nine months of being pregnant and going through birth and then that postpartum shift in your hormones that is a huge stressful event in your life so it makes sense why so many women 
struggle with hair loss postpartum because they went through all of this stress and then it's again usually a few months later that they start losing their hair um so of course this event is going to add so much stress to the body but that said you can absolutely reduce the amount of postpartum hair loss by supporting your body really especially within that first month after having your baby staying warm staying at home snuggling your baby increasing oxytocin um eating super nutritious and easy to digest warm foods you don't want to be eating these cold raw salads that's going to add so much stress to the digestive system and make it much harder to digest we want soups and stews and warming beverages and warming foods so that they're really easy on their digestion and can lower the stress within your body so again it's it's somewhat normal to lose hair postpartum because you're going through this huge stressful event but if you support your body a lot especially within the first first month first two months you can absolutely aim to limit that amount of postpartum hair loss have you heard of the book the first 40 days yes i've never read it it? yes absolutely there are some nutritional things that i totally don't agree with but the basis is like warm nourishing foods especially and how important those first 40 days of postpartum are okay yeah and then the last kind of thing we wanted to note is gray hair. So this is usually a, a sign of high stress hormones mm-hmm. and or a copper and iron, really a copper def- copper deficiency and an iron overload. Um, so just a quick note on this. I had a quote from Ray Pete about copper that says, copper is a crucial element for producing color in the hair and skin, for maintaining the elasticity of the skin and blood vessels, also for protecting against certain types of free radical damage and especially for allowing us to use oxygen properly. It is also necessary for normal functioning of the nerve cells and essentially the shape and texture of hair as well as the color can change in a copper deficiency. Too much iron can block out the absorption of copper and too little copper makes us store too much iron. So there's this there's this uh, idea that most of us actually have too much iron. If you think about mm-hmm. iron-fortified foods, that is yes. usually where we're getting it from, and water, tap water. So, and we don't have the enough copper to kind of balance out that iron. So even if you are anemic, it usually doesn't have to do with the fact that you have too much iron. It's usually there's an imbalance with your copper and iron ratio and a couple of other things. But really the idea here is to minimize supplemental iron. If you yes. have some kind of iron deficiency anemia, really just focus on whole foods, um, eating beef liver. That's seriously yes. one of the best Red ways. Meat. Red meat, beef liver. Because you're getting iron, but you're also getting the cofactors yes. or the other nutrients that you need to absorb, digest, assimilate the iron. And then of course, increasing copper. So copper-rich foods include include oysters, shellfish, seafood, bee pollen, beef liver, and fruit. Enjoy those as much as you can, and that will, can really help with the copper and iron imbalances. And then, of course, with the whole stress piece with gray hair, again, you can take all mm-hmm. the ashwagandha and reishi mushroom and all the things, but really like addressing some of your big stressors. This could be quitting your job and like really trying to rest more and have time in your schedule where you have nothing to do and really focusing on relationships and friendships and community and like hobbies that you like really getting at some of the underlying causes of stress 
which we go much more into on episode 16, which you can listen to. I love it. So ultimately, when we're talking about fabulous hair and growing optimal hair, and especially when it comes to hair loss, I think the nutritional factors are the most important and that's where you're gonna get the foundation and the most support. But that said, there it is fun to talk about the external things to do as well um, to improve your hair health and how long and thick and healthy it grows. So let's talk about some of the external ways to support hair growth. The first one is sounds pretty obvious but ditching your toxic hair products so there are in our modern world so many better options of um like shampoos conditioners hair treatments and whatnot so for me personally i use the acura shampoo it's usually found i buy it from sprouts Um, my mom uses john masters and i sometimes steal hers and use hers as well and both of those they're not like the best ever i think if i were to find a shampoo that's like optimal and great it would probably be super expensive like i think i've heard a lot of good things about the morocco method Mm -hmm. but i think it is pretty expensive so i just haven't gotten around to trying it um what are the ones that you have tried yeah so i'm using foxy bars now so Mm -hmm. it's like a shampoo and conditioner bar that i've been liking i've also tried under luna still like they're yeah, they're, I haven't tried it enough to know. Yeah. I just got the little sample ones, but their ingredients are incredibly, yes. they're amazing. There's lots of herbs and a lot of those like kind of building herbs that we talked about, like nettle and horsetail in there. Interesting. Um, those are, yeah, those are kind of the two that I've tried that are more natural. Again, and I think you're going to mention this. I've become obsessive about it sometimes. I'm like, I have to find this super perfect clean thing where I should just never wash my hair. And I know some people who do that. Yes. But also I'm like, if, if I can find something that's semi, semi clean and, uh, works for my hair, I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. So also a cure, I think is the brand. I think you said Acura. Oh, I meant a cure. That's a car. Acura is a car. (laughs) I think, I think that's what you said. A-C-U-R-E. Yes. It's like in a white bottle. It's pretty clean looking. Yes. And there's, I've like, okay, this is another part I was going to bring up is that you can use the Think Dirty app. That's the one I use or the EWG Healthy Living app. I've heard some things are like problematic with these apps and that some things that come out non-toxic are actually toxic. But again, do your research and just do the best you can. For me, it's super easy. You just take your phone and scan the barcode and it helps it like tells you on a zero being totally clean and non-toxic 10 being like super toxic so it just gives you a reading not on everything obviously but a lot of the products and when I went to sprouts like a few times ago and was getting shampoo the Acure was the only one that came out as a zero there was some other ones that were like threes or like fives but most of them were actually toxic and so what's the rating system is it like one zero to ten? Zero to ten yeah okay. and then it'll like if it comes up a five and there's like carcinogens in it or whatnot it'll, it'll you. you can click it and it'll tell you yeah but with all that said i think with 
shampoo and conditioner because we're not leaving it on our skin if you have a shampoo that you love that's a little more toxic I think it's fine just go for it like it's not it is going to absorb in your skin and into your body a little bit but it's not like skincare where you're Mm -hmm. or lotion where you're literally leaving it on your skin all day so we got to pick and choose our battles in this health world and so we can just do the best we can and I think it's more important to focus on like clothing because we're wearing our clothes all day and those are touching our skin all day or skincare products or lotions Mm -hmm. the things that we're leaving on our skin to try to minimize the toxins in those rather than these other things like hair masks that you're going to wash off or shampoo or conditioner so all of those things can be helpful and just finding them more non-toxic can be helpful if you're interested um also i've heard of the no poo method and me and my sister have actually tried to do this but the grease period was like just way too long for us and we could not handle it my sister especially she's a teacher and she's like i cannot go to school every day looking like this like this is not okay but my dad actually does it now and he is totally for it he you just brush your hair a lot more often Mm -hmm. and he has totally converted he had never uses any soap any conditioner any shampoo on his hair and he has fabulous gray beautiful hair and he swears by it but again i think it's a much shorter grease period time for men because they obviously typically have shorter hair compared to women so if you can do that great if not totally cool um kind of going off of that too washing your hair less can be super helpful um and especially brushing the grease throughout your hair so even if you're using using shampoo to in order to go more days without shampooing brushing the oils through your hair with either a wooden brush or a broad bristle brush can be super supportive and helpful um, especially if you struggle with hardcore greasy hair i love doing this right before bed i just have a wooden brush that i have and i like brush my scalp and kind of do a scalp massage and brush my oils from my roots all the way to my ends and initially when you do it your hair will be really greasy but if you go to sleep with it overnight all those oils soak into your hair and can be so nourishing and then you wake up and your hair is actually way less greasy so that is really nice and just feels so good and so calming right before bed um also to go based to go off greasy hair try to avoid silicone based shampoos so these are your really typical shampoos like pantene garnier any of those like traditional brands because those have silicone on it it like smothers your hair and doesn't let the grease penetrate into your hair so if you're using these and you're struggling with greasy hair that could be a huge reason why so just aiming to avoid those silicon based shampoos and for conditioner i learned about this probably three or four years ago and it honestly changed my life is i don't use any type of normal conditioner i use apple cider vinegar rinses as my conditioner it is so helpful like you wouldn't think that vinegar would make your hair like soft and shiny but oh my god my hair has never been better when i use this so it's also super helpful if you have dry hair and or dandruff scalp because it kind of balances the ph on your scalp so how you do it is i just basically take a cup and put probably like a half an inch of apple cider vinegar at the bottom fill it up with water and then i dip because i have long hair i dip 
all of my hair into the cup and like soak it all up in the end. And then I pour it slowly all over on my scalp and kind of massage it in and then try to leave it for at least 10 minutes, if not at least five minutes, excuse me, if not 10. Um, and then I eventually rinse it out. I've also heard that you don't necessarily have to rinse it out, but I do because or else my bathroom smells like apple cider vinegar and RJ's like, what the heck is that smelling here? So if you don't want, it's also super cheap, like probably yeah. way cheaper than conditioner. So I know some people use conditioner and apple cider vinegar, but I just go straight apple cider vinegar and it helps so much. Those are all so helpful. I think for me, something that's been helpful is washing my hair less. Yes. I used to wash my hair every single day and yeah basically yeah it just would get super super greasy what i did too is i know there's tons of dry shampoos out there that are kind of toxic or have lots of fragrances um i have also so i have used one that i've homemade before so you can use something like cornstarch or something like arrowroot starch I have to mix it with a little bit of cocoa powder because yes. my hair is darker. I do that too. Yeah. So that can be um, helpful to kind of like get you past the greasy phase yes. and make sure there's a little bit more space in between your wash when you're washing your hair. So a couple of other tips as far as external things to do to support your hair. So another one that I love are scalp massages. So you can literally just do a scalp massage with your hands and your fingers and that works amazing right so this kind of gets at the idea that in order for your hair to grow and be strong it needs stimulation and needs blood flow and one way to stimulate that blood flow is Mm -hmm. to massage your scalp so like i said you can just massage your scalp with your hands um you can also use something you can use like a hair oil so i know bella uses just like straight up jojoba oil Mm -hmm. as uh a hair oil i've used a hair oil by the brand under luna mm-hmm. that i really like it has a bunch of herbs in there it smells really good i mostly apply it to my ends because they're a little bit more dry but you can also use a hair oil um, and apply it to your scalp and do a little bit of a massage you can also use tallow i know you've used something called squalene before mm-hmm. as a hair oil you can also do like something like a coconut oil mask These are all going to help with, I mean, the coconut oil especially will help with the bacterial balance on your scalp and then also going to add some kind of hydration. And yeah, so you can do scalp massage. The key is staying consistent, right? You're not just going to do one scalp massage Mm -hmm. one night and then your hair is going to grow. It's like the consistent, like with all of these things, it is the consistency that matters. So it could be part of your self-care routine or part of your nightly routine or part of your morning routine. Like you can pair it with something and make it make it something that you look forward to. Um, if you have a partner, that would be cool. That I, If I had a partner, I'd be like, give me a scalp massage every single night and I will give you a scalp massage. Like that would be a fun thing to add to like some kind of routine. Yes, absolutely. Me and RJ have what we call spa day Sundays. Oh, fun. And we've been trying to do it more consistently. And we'll like do a scalp massage. Um, I'll pop all of his blackheads. I'll we cut each other's freaking toenails, <laughs> like with just like this whole spa day, and then maybe take a bath and a shower, and like it's just a nice way to That's get fun. ready for the week. And he has, I have some dry scalp, but his can be really bad too. And I've noticed such a difference when we do these scalp massages. I love it. Do you use oil? Yes. Yeah. And then I have, I bought one of those like. 
uh, it's like a scalp massager thing. It's kind of like plastic, but and you just like run it through your hair. That's yes. what I was just going to say. One, yeah, one of the other ones. So instead of using your fingers for a scalp massage, you can use like a gua sha. So there's like okay. specific combs or yes. stones. If you haven't heard of gua sha, it's basically this... It's usually a jade stone, but it's a yeah. specific shape, and you usually use it on your face, but there are certain certain shapes that you can use on your scalp yes. to kind of, again, stimulate the blood flow. Yes. So those are super nice. Uh, another one, too, that you can use on your scalp is a rosemary spray. Mm-hmm. So I don't have a specific brand or a specific thing, but if you just look up rosemary, that is really helpful for, for again, the blood flow to your scalp, and that can really help with hair growth. So I you can use... I yeah. made uh, rosemary water because I'm kind of scared yes. of essential oils. I don't know how I feel about them yet. But yeah. you just take rosemary and boil it in some water and then spray that on your hair. Yes. So game changer. That's what I've heard. Yeah, that sounds nice. And then I think you can make the rosemary water, put it in your fridge, and like you can yes. keep it for a while too, right? Yes. Yeah, so those are some ways to encourage the blood flow and just, yeah, give your scalp some love because it does need some love and nourishment to to really like grow this really strong luscious shiny hair and then one of the last ones is to limit hair dye blow drying hot tools basically just minimizing the physical stress on your hair right mm-hmm. i know some people who keep their hair tied up all day long in like really mm-hmm. tight uh rubber bands or hair ties um or like even when you're sleeping right tying your hair up in like a loose bun or something to kind of get it out of the way or braiding your hair Mm -hmm. kind of just trying to minimize the actual physical stress on your hair by minimizing the toxins with hair dye and minimizing the heat with blow drying tools and hot tools another i mean one alternative option that we talked about as far as hair dye hair dye goes is henna hair dye i've done it before um I, after a while of using it, it really like turned my hair red-ish. So know mm-hmm. that when you use henna, that it can have this like underton- underlying red tone to it. I would have the help and support of someone who knows a little bit more about hair dye and henna if you're going to dye your hair with henna. But that can, I've seen some people do it and it has, they've had amazing results and it looks really pretty. Yeah. So I have seen, you can buy henna hair dye at lots of alternative health food stores and then like I said kind of doing looser hairstyles um and using clips or using scrunchies or like things that are a little bit less uh damaging to your hair and then like I said putting up your hair at night doing some kind of like scalp massage and hair oil and then just like tying your hair up that can be like a super nice kind of nightly routine for your hair I love it. I I do use hot tools every now and then. I definitely don't do them every day, but every now and then you're going out with your girlfriends and you want to curl your hair and yeah. there's totally nothing wrong with that. Um, also, blow drying my hair when it's like so cold outside and or I'm sick or something, I yes. absolutely hate wet hair. Yes. So I would way rather blow dry my hair and damage it a little bit rather than like being cold and adding to the cold. Um, that said, I have never dyed my whole hair, my whole head of hair so crazy. ever in my life. I have bleached the ends in high school once and dyed them pink, but that was literally the only time I've ever dyed my hair. I know not everyone's 
kind of do that or be like that but my mom wouldn't let me as a as a like middle schooler and I was so mad at her then but now I'm so grateful because I have gray hair and I love it yeah it's beautiful if you can't see us we both have pretty long hair (laughs) yes hair is a lot thicker than mine but it's still yes also my fiance's mom is a hairdresser and so she cuts my hair very often and I think that also helps yeah absolutely well thank you guys so much for listening to this episode one last thing i wanted to mention um is we mostly talked about hair loss in general and our audience is usually women or people who identify as a woman but um if you ever are more interested in hair loss for men there's a book called hair like a fox by danny roddy and it's more about the nutritional side of hair loss i'm pretty sure his stories like he w- his hair was falling out and he was like going bald and he did a bunch of research on hair growth and whatnot and now he has a full head of hair just from so changing amazing. his diet and his nutrition so it could also probably be helpful if women are struggling with hair loss too anything else you want to mention i just wanted to say that i have a affiliate code for perfect supplements brand stuff so if you are interested in getting collagen if you don't already buy collagen you can use the code gut goddess 10 for 10 percent off your collagen or anything else on perfect supplements there's not a lot we ever really recommend as far as supplements go it's usually like collagen gelatin liver yeah cod liver oil sometimes but yes you can use that code to get a discount on collagen i love it i use that code a lot good thank you how can people find more about you yeah so if you're new around here you can find me on instagram that's where i hang out more so than anywhere else so my instagram is at the gut goddess you can also find all of my resources i have tons of free resources and tools and a group course and a one-on-one coaching practice that you can find more info about on my website at thegutgoddess.com what about you bella I love it. Again, I'm on Instagram, nourishwithbella, and my website has all my resources, freebies, blogs, so many things, so many helpful resources. My website is nourishwithbella.com too. So if you have any questions at all about this episode or any of our episodes, please reach out to us either on Instagram or email us. We love chatting with you all. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.